Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Intercepted by Julius Peppers, and he takes it all the way, 47 yards for the score. Oh, I told Smoke before the show that young Kenny Albert made me feel old on that call, man. Old on that call. Julius Peppers is a Hall of Famer, y'all. A pro football Hall of Famer. We, we figured we knew it was the case yesterday, but it is officially official here 24 hours later. And we want to talk about it. 704-570-9610. Hit us up. Give us your thoughts. I, I was listening to Mac and Bone this morning, as I typically do, uh, when I wake up. And I heard the conversation this morning. Is Julius Peppers the Panthers goat we've been here before all right we've been here before it's it's not new territory that we're uh, venturing into with this conversation but Julius Peppers the first uh, let's say predominantly Panther to go into the Hall of Fame right I think it's a fair thing to say uh, not the first guy who's played for the Panthers to go into the Hall of Fame but the first predominantly like known as a Carolina Panther despite the the best attempts of let's say the Chicago Bears fans to you know claim him as their own He's the first one. Some I heard this morning say, well, I, I think all things considered, this makes Julius Peppers the greatest Carolina Panther of all time. I don't think there's any uniformity on this, but Smoke, good afternoon. I got to get to you early on this. Pep's in the Hall of Fame. There's a lot to say about it. It is official now, though. I, did you hear Mac and Bone this morning on whether or not Pep's the GOAT? Yes, I, I did hear. What, what did you think about that? It's tough. Because, it is tough, right? You know, it's very small differential. Uh, differential between some of these top guys he's definitely in the top five like i i you can't or if you want to go mount rushmore which is a sin uh in sports talk but if you want to go mount rushmore <laughs> i he's definitely in it yes i, I think you, you can't write the history of panthers football without julius peppers he is north carolina through and through he grew up in north carolina played college football and basketball at north carolina and he played most of his NFL career for the North Carolina football team and the Carolina Panthers. So it he you know, we said it Sam Mills feels like one of us because he built the culture, instilled the culture in this franchise. Now we get one of our own in terms of he spent most of his career here. He was a draft pick of this franchise. And quite frankly, he was a draft pick of this franchise when a team needed a guy like a Julius Peppers. Just a straight up stud that people nationally knew about because most of the time when people mentioned the Panthers before that, I mean, Kevin Green was probably the first name he thought of maybe Kerry Collins, but Kerry, but he was the first big one. He was the first big one. No doubt. That was here long-term. The thing is that class, man, there's an interesting thing about this class. We're going to get into, but Pep, first of all, is, is in it. He's going in first ballot hall of famer. Like most people thought that he would. And it's been an interesting journey for him. Because, you know, as Smoke said, from North Carolina, played at the University of, drafted by the Carolina Panthers. So many expectations, and rightly so. That The good Lord didn't make many people that looked and, and moved like Julius Peppers did on a football field. Uh, you and I were watching. What game was it? I think it was against Tampa that you were at, you know, with the, with the pick six. Yeah, that was the pick six right there against yeah. Tampa. But what year was that again? I forget. 2004. 2004. And, and the comment right there was, I think the commentary, they just, he might be the best athlete in the NFL. He just was. You, you know he played basketball at Carolina. You've heard Matt Daugherty say he could have played in the NBA. Like, all those things are true. 
he was just special. And, you know, there was the, the criticism back then from Panthers fans at times that he didn't give you everything that he had, that, you know, he wasn't always playing at 100%, that he would take snaps off and, you know, those sorts of things. But then you look up still and it's just historic numbers. First ballot, Hall of Fame numbers. And that's what we will always refer to Julius Peppers as moving forward. And that's first ballot Hall of Famer, North Carolina native Julius Peppers. And so, you know, he's in. And uh, I don't think anybody's surprised by that. Going in with him, by the way, De- Devin Hester. Um, Andre Johnson, both. First of all, if Andre Johnson is in and I don't even object to Andre Johnson, but if Andre Johnson is in, then we're just watching the clock run out now on Steve Smith, right? If Andre Johnson's in and we all felt that Smitty would get in anyway, but if Johnson's in now, I mean, Smitty's got to be not that far behind him, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's very interesting. Like you would think you would leapfrog ahead of both Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt, but people, he, Torrey Holt and Reggie Wayne were finalists, even though, they were the second guys of their receiving cores at the time. Yep. And I'm not saying that to take offense to those guys. It's just, it's true. Well, Steve Smith was the guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was the guy. There's no doubt. I mean, so, you know, Hester goes in. Andre Johnson goes in. Um, let's see. Randy Gratishar, linebacker, goes in. Patrick Willis. If Patrick Willis gets in, if Patrick Willis should be in, all right, um, I think that bodes well. For Luke Keekley, who we're gonna, I, I know you want to talk about, we both want to talk about, but you know Patrick Willis deserves to get in, and I think that bodes well for a guy like Luke Keekley getting in as well. Although you you want to set the expectation today that you just say you're saying, hey, Luke Keekley's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's it's important to you to get that out there today, right? Yeah, I, I think Patrick Willis having to wait nearly five years kind of shows that it might take a while for Luke to get in just because his career was short. Uh, because Patrick Willis and Luke Keekley essentially had the same career. And, and by the way, Luke Keekley eligible for the Hall of Fame next year, right? So, you know, uh, by the way, next year's class, Eli Manning, you know, first up to be eligible, I should say, Eli Manning, Luke Keekley, Marshall Yanda, uh, Marshawn Lynch, Terrell Suggs, Darren Sproles, Joe Staley, Akib Talib, Demarius Thomas, you know, the late great, uh, Clay Matthews, Ryan Khalil. Uh, there's another Panther for you. So, I mean, th- these are the guys that are on the list next year for the first first time, first year of eligibility. Yeah, I would say at least one is getting in first ballot, maybe two. I think it's definitely going to be Eli Manning because he's a Manning, even though I don't agree with it. Okay. Maybe Terrell sucks. Maybe. He was a special player. Yes. I, I do think he was a special, special player. I, I really do. 704-570-9610. Uh, Darren hit me up and he says, I don't care what kind of numbers they have. Julius Peppers is not the GOAT for the Carolina Panthers and my heart. It, it, it would either be Steve Smith or Cam Newton. I'd even put Luke Keekley before Julius Peppers. I respectfully and I think we all think we all know Luke Keekley's the man. I mean, one of the most instinctive and special football players to ever strap it on. Um in fact, I heard Bone tell a story this morning about how uh, I guess it was the Panthers old kicker that Luke was confiding in when he first got here and was asked, you know, how long you want to do this or what are your goals and Luke said, "I want to play about 8 years." That's what he did. Right? But in those 8 years, he's one of the best that we've ever seen do it. But it's that lack of longevity, if you will, that you know, probably leaves him as not a first ballot Hall of Famer where, you know, Julius Peppers was last night. And I, I think, again, deservedly so. Um, you know, you said Steve Smith, you said Cam Newton. Like, I, I think you might have, I don't want to get into a, a Mount Rushmore debate, but I saw somebody actually make one last night and it was Cam Newton, Steve Smith, Julius Peppers and Sam Mills. I, I think the one time you and I did that on this show, that was the exact four that I threw out there. We might have even agreed on that. Um yeah, I, I, it's tough. It's it's tough. 
<laughs> right on cue, somebody said, you already said it, so we might as well dive into it. Who else is on the Mount Rushmore? Smitty, for sure. I don't even know who else could make an argument to be ahead of Peppers. I'm sure some people will say Cam. He's up there with Smitty and Peppers, but he will. He had a very short-lived time at the top, so no way he's ahead of Peppers. Maybe I'm forgetting someone. I, I mean, we've done it before. It's, it's not that I'm opposed to doing it, and if there ever was a day to do it, I guess today's that day. But I, I want to give Pep his flowers first because Julius Peppers is in the Hall of Fame. Um, and, and even if you're among those on my text line right now, somebody just said, you got to put Thomas Davis on the Mount Rushmore. Thomas Davis was great. I don't, I, I will say that I don't get a lot of people who, who lead with TD on their first iteration of the Mount Rushmore. That, that's just, that's not for me. That's my observation from when we've had these conversations. Um, you know, I, I think TD for some, a lot of folks is probably on that, that second Mount Rushmore. There's no such thing, but you know what my point is there. Um, 704-570-9610. Julius Peppers, man, going back and watching some of the highlights last night, but like a lot of Panthers fans do, probably pretty routinely. Uh, if you grew up and those were your formative years, you've got it seared into your brain as a Panthers fan, Ooh. as Smoke does. But, I mean, just the displays of athleticism on the field. That, that's the one thing as someone who, you know, grew up watching him, but not through the same lens, that always, when I think Julius Peppers, I think insane feats of athleticism on a football field. You know, the pick sixes, the dropping into coverage, the hurtling over, you know, would-be blockers, the, um, you know, f- literally hand fighting with one side of his body, two blockers reaching out and sacking a quarterback with his other hand. I mean, the types of things that only a man built like a Greek god could get away with in the NFL, and, and he played like he had the kind of physical advantage and physical dominance that he did throughout the course of most of his career. And when they brought him back the second time, you know, they brought him back under the auspices of, hey, he's going to be a situational third down pass rusher. He's going to be great for the locker room. He can get out there and maybe make some noise on obvious passing downs. And it's like, nope, he's playing all four downs every single week at the age of what, 36, 37, however the hell old he was. 38. 38. I mean, just out there getting it done, man. And he was just, and, and that speaks to and did at the time. We talked about it then. You know, the special athlete that Julius Peppers was. And you, know, you and I were watching the old. I guess, local news clip from down east out in Bailey, North Carolina, uh, the Raleigh area, the Wilson area, and his old high school coach and and the the now famous clip of his high school coach talking to the news about this special 250-pound freak of an athlete that was playing running back and defensive end and wherever else they could put him and, you know, just how dominant he was at 250 pounds in high school. And, And you and I were sitting there laughing. It's like, imagine on a Friday night, like, you know, any of us that have played high school football, let's say, have probably squared off against some future D1 guys, some really good athletes, some stories that you've got. But imagine just sitting there on a Friday as an opposing high school, let's say, left tackle or linebacker, knowing that that night you know, you're sitting there and you're eating your school piece and you're drinking out of your bag of milk. You're like, man, I, tonight I got to I got to find a way to tackle that guy. But that's the way it was from middle school to high school to college to the professional ranks for Julius Peppers. He just always had that physical advantage over just about everybody he played, even when he got to the NFL. And it's it's what I'll always remember about him. It's what a lot of Panthers fans will remember about him. And now he's a Hall of Famer. 704-570-9610. Uh, Panther Cliff said the man even blocked F and field goals. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Bebop from Rock Thrill. Wouldn't it be something if Smitty and Akeeb went in together? <laughs> I know Smitty was 10 times better and will definitely get in before him, but it would be interesting. And hands down, Steve Smith is the greatest Panther in history. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, you'll get a lot of that. Steve Smith is the greatest Panther in history. A lot of folks, probably those south of 35 years old, south of 40, will tell you it was Cam Newton. Uh, that's what makes the conversation so interesting. But they're all in it. And, and Julius Peppers is the first 
you can't say exclusively Carolina Panther to go in. I mean, he made multiple Pro Bowls in Chicago. I, I saw Bears fans, you know, celebrating him and Devin Hester last night and Steve Mongo McMichael, um, which was both a, a great uplifting story and a, and a sad reminder of, you know, what those illnesses can do to people. But, you know, Pep had some productive years in Chicago and, and Green Bay. Less so, I mean, he, he made a Pro Bowl in Green Bay. So, you know, he had a good 2015, the year Carolina made the run to the Super Bowl, but he's a Panther. He's a Carolina kid. He's a Panther, and and that's how he'll always be remembered. 704-570-9610. Uh, we have Texters blowing us up right now. You know, a lot of the Agent 89s, the Goat Panther. No, it's Cam Newton. Uh, Jersey Mike Jr. says, I hear you guys talking about the Mount Rushmore. I agree with everything, but there's a couple of guys that I have not heard anyone mention besides Thomas Davis. What about Mike Mentor? Um, respectfully to Mike, I don't think he's... Listen, we, I, you can have a slight variation on the, on the Rushmore, but like, who's leaving Smitty off? No one. Who's leaving Cam Newton off? F-150 Twitter. I don't think anybody else, right? Yeah. Um, you're not leaving Pep off. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he's a Panther. Now, then it comes down to, okay, do you consider Sam Mills because of his contributions to the organization? The keep pounding mantra. Yeah, a couple of really good years, but he had more of those technically in New Orleans. You know, this is where the conversation, I think, gets interesting. Who do you want to add? There are diehard Luke Keekley fans that believe that he belongs in that 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 place, that, that, that Mount Rushmore, this theoretical, hypothetical mountain we're building. Um, you know, someone here said, uh, hey, Greg Olson should get some consideration. I mean, people want to submit what they want to submit, but the truth is, I mean, after last night, after, you know, this year, I don't think anybody could reasonably leave Julius Peppers off when you start talking about the, the four greatest Panthers of all time. 704-570-9610. Hit us up. We'll come back. We'll take more of your thoughts. Also, uh, more on, on what the Hornets did yesterday, and they've got the Bucks tonight at 8 o'clock. We'll get to it all. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Panthers get in that game next year. Huh? Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. There's no one like him. Um, just one of those uh, rare guys that has that combination of size, speed, athleticism. Such a smooth athlete. Sometimes you're, it looked like it was easy for him all the time, and it, it was. Kevin Donnelly, now with North Carolina football, former teammate of Hall of Famer Julius Peppers. Now that Canton hasn't said it out loud yet, but it's done. Um, it, it, it's over. Julius Peppers is, in fact, a Hall of Famer, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer at that. Kevin Donnelly joining Mac and Bone this morning here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ uh, to talk about it. Great conversation. If you missed that or this show or any part of any show on FNZ, check us out wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, or Google. We'd appreciate that. Uh, Pep is in, and it has, even though I did not at all intend for us to do this today, uh, a lot of folks jumped right in as, as we were talking about Pep and um, our favorite moments from him and, and what made him a Hall of Famer and all the, the parts of this conversation, it naturally evolved in it into, hey, who's the greatest Panther of all time? Mac and Bone talked about that this morning as well. And there's a lot of, okay, Mount Rushmore, who's your four? Um, and there's a lot of debate on the text line right now. A lot of debate on the text line. Uh, 704 number writes in, hey, Luke Keekley has to be on it. Different, different 704 number, uh, Luke over Sam Mills. Uh, the next 704 number, Luke is a close fifth. Uh, behind what I can assume is the four that we rattled off 
uh, Julius Pepper, Steve Smith, Cam Newton, and Sam Mills. You know, those were the four that I think I came up with way back when we first had this conversation. Um, and I think he means Luke is a close fifth on that list, uh, just on the outside looking in. But, I mean, listen, this is what fans do. It's what sports radio does. These guys are clearly all great players. It's just that some are slightly, like, you know, marginally greater than the others. And, and sometimes it can be, you know, very fun to have the debates as to who's actually slightly marginally greater than the others. Like Shaw X. Um, I think I made the comment that, hey, if you're under 40 and a Panthers fan, there's a good chance that you think Cam Newton's the greatest Panther of all time. Uh, but Shaw X says KB, I'm 34, and I say Steve Smith is the GOAT in Panthers history. Uh, somebody else, walk him down, says, hey, I'm 38. It's got to be Cam. Love Smitty, but Cam drug, he said users, but I think he meant losers to 15-1 and one in a Super Bowl and an MVP. Let's, okay, let's, let, we should probably lighten up on that. There were some dudes on that team now. Uh, Greg Olson was one of them. So I'm not going to call Greg Olson that, but um, I hear you though. I really Cam was a game changer in that way, uh, to hear him put it. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Some great stuff. I got a Brenton Burson selection coming in. That's not bad. That's not what what. Obviously he's not. On, what? Don't look at me like that. No, Obviously no, he's not. No, no. Lighten no. up over there. I can't. I can't watch him just fall down to his knees trying to get a fair catch for a punt return. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. That was that. They gave me PTSD. <laughs> Roger the Irishman says Luke truly was generational talent. Um, I I don't know. I won't argue with that. I really won't. He says Luke was truly generational talent. He was a freak, maybe a one off. If it wasn't for he says CTE, go to the position. Wait, there's no uh, confirmed CTE with it's Luke. Concussions. I mean, which again, it's not a massive leap. You know, Luke. I think has talked about it in those terms himself, but. You know, I'm not going to talk about Luke as if he has CTE. There's been no such announcement, and that's that's inappropriate to do. 704-570-9610. Uh, someone says, got Jake. we got a few Jake DeLome truthers on here. And I, I just, no. I, I, I think you start talking top five or top ten Panthers, Jake's easily going to make the list. You start talking top four, you're probably not going to get many Jake submissions. I don't even think Jake will put him in the top himself. I doubt he would. Five. He's a pretty humble guy. Yeah. And not all that you know self-centered. He probably wouldn't even include himself. I'd say he definitely wouldn't. All right. Uh, Miles from South Park, though, says he helped to build the foundation. Well, again, not not a bad uh, not a bad argument there, but I don't think that places him necessarily on a Mount Rushmore of Carolina Panthers fans. Again, uh, Pep is in this year. A couple of guys who really stuck, uh, I think, stuck in the craw of Carolina fans that they were even finalists ahead of Steve Smith much less now getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame ahead of Steve Smith. Andre Johnson, Houston Texans, Devin Hester, Chicago Bears. Both are in. Now, by the way, here's the rest of the class. Dwight Freeney, defensive end, hella deserving, right? For a lot of reasons. Dwight Freeney was a top-end player in his prime, and he also had unbelievable longevity in the NFL. So Dwight Freeney, absolutely a Hall of Famer. Andre Johnson, okay, fine. I'm not going to, you know... Jump! I'm not going to shout from the rooftops for that one, but I will say Smitty's numbers, Smitty's resume is better. The good news for Panthers fans is, is if Andre Johnson's in, Smitty's in. Like there, there's no justification for ever leaving Steve Smith out of the Hall of Fame if Andre Johnson is in. Um, linebacker Randy Gratishar, linebacker Patrick Willis, which is smoke said correctly, uh, is a great sign that Luke Keekley gets in. Probably not first ballot. Like we had a few people text in to say, "Oh, Luke's a first ballot Hall of Fame." I don't think he is. I agree with Smoke. I don't think he is. I don't know how many ballots he sees, how many years it takes, but I don't think he's first ballot. Um, Who else is in? Oh, Steve Mongo McMichael is in, and, of course, Julius Peppers. Now, next year's class, speaking of Luke, 
Luke Keekley is part of next year's class. You could argue that, well, I'm not going to argue that. I'm not going to argue anything. This is the list of players that are eligible for the first time next year in the NFL uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Eli Manning, Luke Keekley, Marshall Yanda, Marshawn Lynch, Terrell Suggs, Darren Sproles, Joe Staley, Akib Tlaib, Demarius Thomas, Clay Matthews, and Ryan Khalil. So there's zero chance that Khalil is, is even a finalist, much less and ahead of Steve Smith. No other, um, you know, Luke's not at the same position. We don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think next year is the year that Steve Smith gets in. I'd like to believe that's the case. Now, it might not be. You're going to make the case that, what, Torrey Holt, Reggie Wayne? Yeah, it's no, one of well, those things where sometimes the voters are going to say, well, these guys have been waiting longer, even though that shouldn't be the case. Like, I, I like Torrey Holt. He's eventually going to have his day in the spotlight. But if you're going to tell me who's a better wide receiver, it's easily Steve Smith. I mean, also, here's one of the other things. And Colin Hoggard, when we've talked about this, has brought up a good point. How many of those guys have had those moments in the playoffs? Like, like when you think of Rams moments in the playoffs, you don't think of Torrey Holt. You think of Isaac Bruce catching the game-winning touchdown, or you think of Ricky Pearl catching the game-winning touchdown in the NFC Championship game. Uh, Andre Johnson, he never really had that many playoff moments. Steve Smith literally had a whole playoff uh, scenario where it got to the point where the Seahawks said, screw it, we're just going to put everything on them and put racket coverage. <laughs> yeah, like did. If we can do that, we have a legit shot to win. But if I mean, he's, he almost single-handedly beat the Bears on his own in an elite Bears defense in Chicago. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just, you come back to it again. What do Steve Smith's numbers look like in modern football? What do Steve Smith's numbers look like in the modern NFL? Have you seen him running routes lately in his workout <laughs> videos? I had, to make sure that was, I had to make sure that was 2024. I, I, did t- I, swear, I had to do the same thing. I texted Steve, and I was like, I don't even think he got it. I was like, is this, is this real? Like, are you doing that? I mean, like... He looks unbelievable out there. He, the workout now, you know, playing in the NFL for a full 17 games is more about the beating. And I, I think even Steve would say, hey, I'm 44, probably can't get it done. But he looks explosive at 44 years old. Unbe- like, unbelievable. Looks like you get more separation than the current Panthers wide receivers. Okay. That's, that's a low blow. But I like it. I mean, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But but I like it. I like it. 704-570-9610. Uh, 919 says Julius Peppers, 2024. Steve Smith, 25. Luke Keekley 26. Could the next three years feature Panther players getting into Canton? Maybe. Here's the one thing that I'm worried about. If Steve doesn't get in next year, I don't think he's getting into 26. Because there's a pretty big name in the wide receiver room that's going to enter and not have to wait. And that's Larry Fitzgerald. Which I have no problem. Larry Fitzgerald is Larry bleeping Fitzgerald. He the only Larry is one of the only other wide receivers that's had a run similar to Steve Smith in the playoffs as a wide receiver. Unfortunately, we saw that firsthand in 2008, but the dude was unstoppable. But also, and I point out, Steve didn't have moose for most of his career. For a good chunk of his career, uh, Larry had Anquan Bolden by his side. Yeah, that kind of that kind of helped. I I, I don't. Th- does anybody object? To Larry Fitzgerald being a Hall of Famer? No. They shouldn't. No, I, I wouldn't think so. But what but first ballot Hall of Famer? No. Okay. Okay. Um somebody said KB Steve Smith isn't getting into the Hall of Fame until he's done influencing voting voters' opinions against him on TV. Wait, are, are you so are you suggesting that you think Steve being on TV is hurting his cause? Because I mean conventional wisdom with some of these guys post career would suggest the opposite, right? Like staying in the limelight, being a part of the game, being a face of the broadcasting universe, 
you know, still attached to the NFL and the NFL network in this case. I'm just curious. Are you saying that you think he's hurting his case for getting into the Hall of Fame by being on the NFL's network? Because I don't, I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can help him. I would think so. At the very least, I don't know that it's hurting him. Um, even like, what do you say? Like, do you think he's, you don't think he's a good broadcaster? I can't imagine that's what you mean. Um, you know, who'd he get? Oh, he, he didn't actually, he took the high road with Jerry Judy. So like, what, I don't know. What's he doing? Saying some spicy, controversial things. That's, that's this era in content creation at sports media. We've seen more of that than ever before. I just don't think it's hurting him in any way, shape or form. Um, 704 uh, Darren says Larry Fitzgerald is definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer, just like Steve Smith should have been. Also, I, I look Steve at that position. I don't think anybody's going to craft the arguments for Steve that we craft here. Not that it's needed, right? But we're the ones I think more than anybody, understandably so, crafting those arguments for him. Um, all, all that means is that, you know, from market to market, state to state, city to city, fan bases don't always see players the same way. Obviously, player relationships with media can be can, can have a, an impact. Right. So I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit up here and say Steve should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he is a Hall of Famer and he will get in. By the way, I also want to mention if he doesn't get in next year, he'd probably have to wait till 2027, because not only is Larry Fitzgerald going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, Drew Brees. Yeah, he's in. Obviously. Yeah. Um. And we, we can't argue against that. So Reggie Wayne, though, held out for the, what, fifth consecutive year? That sounds about right, because he retired around 25. Because he was one of the receivers that Panthers fans were clamoring for during that time when Kelvin Benjamin got hurt. And yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think fifth, fifth straight year, he didn't make it. And the surprising thing is Steve hasn't made it as a finalist. He's always been a semifinalist. That, that's the crap part, right? Yeah. That That's the worst part. Is that okay? He's not in yet. But he doesn't even make the finalist list ahead of guys like Hester and Johnson. That's what you and I have been crowing about, and most people have been crowing about for a while now. When Hester only, let's face it, Hester made it in majority this early because he played in Chicago for most of his career. Mm-hmm. And you can say, look, I, do I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. But I also think if he would have played most of his career for the Arizona Cardinals, he wouldn't have made it in and did and did what he did. And by the way, I know Steve Smith could have made those had those same numbers and same impact as a kick and punt returner if he just stayed there throughout his whole career. He was that damn good at that position too. Yeah, it's just he actually turned out to be an all time wide receiver. Yeah, you, you couldn't put him, you couldn't play him there, you couldn't yeah. risk that. And and the only time they really went back to him is during that bracket coverage NFC Championship game where Steve told the coaching staff, "F you, I'm going out there." And what did he do? He returned a punt yeah, for a touchdown. He sure did. He housed it, baby. He sure did. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Pep's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Luke is on the ballot for the first time next year. Uh, and Ryan Khalil, too, by the way, still waiting for Steve to get in. Uh, he was just, yeah. Uh, by the way, Roger the Irishman says, you know what Steve is underrated for? His hands. That dude caught everything. He did. Ooh, yes, he did. And, and if you've never met Steve Smith, I, as someone who's known him for, for several years now, one of the things that strikes you about Steve, because Steve is, what, 5'9"? I mean, he's 5'9", five, 5'10", five, right? Yeah. All right. I'm 6'2". So I'm four inches taller than Steve, right? But I'll never forget shaking his hand for the first time and being struck by just how big that man's mitts are to be 5'10". 
I mean, he's got big, strong hands for a guy who's 5'10". And that, to what you're saying, Roger, probably is underrated for that. And he could block, too. Yeah. Uh, 704-570-9610. Keep hitting us up. Somebody just said, KB, uh, okay, hold on. we got to pause here. What's the Hornets rotation tonight? Which is actually a much better <laughs> which is actually a much better question than you might think if you haven't been paying attention to what's going on with the Hornets. It seems like, um, first of all, tons of trades yesterday. If you were with us, you know what trade deadline day looked like yesterday. Um they traded away Gordon Hayward. They traded away P.J. Washington. Terry Rozier's already gone. And then on top of that, it seems the new guys didn't make it for tonight's game against Milwaukee. So they're calling up dudes like Amari Bailey from the G League. Uh, this could be, I mean, it's all hands on deck. Farber might get some minutes tonight. You might hear you know, the radio feed go blind. You might just hear squeaking in the background because Farber's got to check into the game for three minutes to, give the backup, to be the backup point guard tonight. That's how bad the roster situation is. I, I don't know who's getting the minutes tonight. I know Brandon Miller's going to play. Brandon Miller, Miles Bridges. Yeah. Um, so that's the positive of not trading Bridges is the fact that you'll have him. So those are two. Leaky Black, Nick Richards. Oh, we're going to probably see a lot of Mensa tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mari Bailey's probably going to play. <laughs> By the way, they made all these trades. And remember, they cut three players as well. They cut Ish. They cut James Booknight, who wasn't playing anyway. And Dilakina, who wasn't playing. Yeah. So, so yeah. Oh, God. It, it's going to be rough. Awesome. And, and they're playing the Bucks tonight. Watch them win. That, that's what that texting. Remember, there was a game at this point last year. Yes. Where we were like, oh, boy, here we go. And then they, they that's when they set the franchise record for most points in a quarter. They scored like 50 in a quarter. Yeah. And they won. Doesn't make any sense, but it happens sometimes. Uh, let's squeeze in a phone call real quick. Soprano Bob is first in on a Friday. What's up, Bob? How are you? Not bad, Kyle. Hey, uh, just the uh, biggest injustice in the whole season that Smitty did not get in. I just, I don't know what these people are thinking. I really don't. It's, 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 it's political. I mean, you know how it goes. There's a lot of things that go into this stuff. It's not always merit-based. In fact, it's usually not, it's anything but merit-based sometimes. Well, I'll tell you what, I hope they can sleep tonight because they're idiots. (laughs) Who do you like Sunday? Oh, I'm going 49ers all the way for (laughs) many, many reasons. Number one, McCaffrey, number two, uh, the coach that was with us here, I, I think is Wilkes, I think. And number three, I can't stand Kansas City, and I can't stand Kansas City's Chiefs or the city or the state or any of them. They can all go to hell. Ooh, Bob. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you, but fiery on a Friday. They can all go to hell. Do we think that Travis Kelsey proposes to Taylor Swift after a win? No. Why not? I think he's wanting to save that for more. It, it feels too hot shot, especially for a celebrity like Taylor Swift. It, it, so tell me, because I, I get that some people, all right, I, I get that like some people are sick of this. I understand. But this is this is going to be something like the magnitude of this will be enormous, even if it annoys you, even if you don't like it, even if you don't care. It, like Travis Kelsey proposing to Taylor Swift at the end of the Super Bowl. You don't think that happens, huh? There's no chance? No. It just feels like the, the celebrity power specifically for Taylor is too big for something like that. I'm not knocking it because I don't really like proposals at stadiums, but if you just won the national championship, like, for example, Bradley Bozeman, he proposed to Nikki right after they won the national championship in 2018. That's a boss move right there, if I say so. But when you're you're dating probably the most popular female superstar on the planet, uh-huh. doesn't it feel a little too hot shot? And just like hot shot for Travis Kelsey of all people. Okay. Fair. But like, I I feel like Travis, he might want to do it something like in 
make it a press release somewhere else and do it somewhere romantic. Oh, come on. No, dude. Like, this, this is the ultimate meathead jock football player. Like, if so, this was Gronk we were talking about, yes, I could see Gronk doing that. Uh, someone said they've been dating for five months, question mark. No way they get engaged, get to know each other a little. I'm pretty sure it came out they were seeing each other for months before it became public. Like in August, at least. Yeah. Uh, somebody else said the script is already written. I, I'm just wondering, man. Like, people are asking. That's going to, oh, man. Mon- I can't. I, I'm excited for the game. I always get excited for the, the Super Bowl, but I can't wait for Monday's reaction to whatever the hell happens. But I, I think it's going to happen during the offseason. All right. You, you, you've, you've staked your claim. Let's go to Smoke on the headlines. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Who is Smoke? Where is Smoke? <laughs> Where there's smoke, there's fire. Let's go. What's the latest? All right, first off, this report is sponsored by ExpressPros.com. Make hiring easier with the workplace ex- workforce experts. Let the people at Express Employment Professionals find you the right fit. Hiring is about people, not algorithms. Visit ExpressPros.com for Jimmy more. Jo- oh, they could have gone with it's about the Jimmys and the Joes at Express Pros. Why did they need to hire wow. me? They need to hire. They need to hire me. What'd you say? This the tagline was it's about people. Let's see. Uh, it's a, hiring is about people, not algorithms. Oh, I don't hate that, but you know, for our purposes, hey, it's about the Jimmys and the Joes at Express Pros. They can use that if they want to. All right, what you got over there? Well, speaking about the Jimmys and the Joes, uh, the Jimmys and the Joes at Ohio State are going to have to get used to a new offensive coordinator because the new OC for Columbus is Chip Kelly, who's leaving his purchase head coach of UCLA. How much must must he hate his situation at UCLA? To do this. Well, there was rumors that he was going to get fired, and then he won against USC. Correct. And, uh, so, and I think ever since then, the fact that they're moving to the Big Ten, he doesn't like it. I mean, he's been very outspoken about NIL and what... So he goes to Ohio State? He doesn't have to worry about recruiting as much, I guess. At Ohio State? I don't know. Seriously? This, this whole situation's weird. The only difference is they have a much larger NIL fund. That also might have played a factor. All right. What else you got? All right. Speaking of college football, there's a new coach in the ACC, Boston College, who had to replace losing their head coach to the NFL, got their head coach from the NFL, and it's a familiar face. Bill O'Brien is going to be the new head coach of the Eagles, Kyle. I I told you, like, Bill O'Brien, I think, did an underrated job at Penn State after the Sandusky and Paterno stuff. Um, It wasn't, you know, the teams weren't excellent, but I thought he steadied the ship and um, did a much better job than some people realize. Now, that's the last time that we've seen him run things in college. He, he ran Alabama's offense, but, you know, as the head coach, Penn State was the last time we've seen him there. I, I could see this working. I really, He's from Massachusetts. He's a Boston guy, man. He's going home, so to speak. Like, Bill O'Brien could be an issue for the ACC. Well, <laughs> if the ACC is alive <laughs> and still operational here in about two or three years, Bill O'Brien could be a problem for it. All right, we'll come back. Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com. We'll talk about these things, by the way, with Chip Patterson next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is Nick Richards of the Charlotte Hornets. You're listening to Kyle Billy on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. 
Nick Richards bringing us back right there. Nick Richards is still a Charlotte Hornet. He and the Hornets tonight taking on the Bucks, and that is a reminder to join Walker and Fitty for the Michelob Ultra Charlotte Hornets watch party at Graham Street Pub and Patio tonight in Uptown Charlotte. This Friday, it's right next to Bank of America Stadium, uh, and you can go hang out with Michelob Ultra, Walker and Fitty. I hear Flounder and Shroppy and a bunch of the guys are going to be out there tonight. Watch the Hornets face the Milwaukee Bucks. Walker and Fitty will have giveaways plus your chance to win tickets to a future Hornets home game. Hornets and Bucks tonight at 8. It is the uh, the new look Hornets to say the least, although it's not what you think. Uh, they had a massive trade deadline day yesterday. They've dealt away, starting with Rozier two weeks ago, P.J. Washington and Gordon Hayward yesterday. They bring Seth Curry and, and Grant Williams back home to Charlotte, you know, two Charlotte natives. You've got uh, Vasily Micic, Davis Bertans, and Trey Mann coming over from OKC in the Gordon Hayward trade, but I don't think any of them are going to make it. For tonight's game. Uh, so they are going, the Hornets are going down into the G League to the Swarm to help fill out the roster tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. Should go swimmingly, but let's take a break from that. Let's chat with uh, CBS Sports Cover Three Pods, Chip Patterson. He's on Twitter at Chip underscore Patterson. He's back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. How you been, buddy? Uh, the answers that you posed in the Cover Three tailgate Michael Vick, number one, <laughs> Sean Glennon as my number two. Uh, for my favorite Virginia Tech quarterbacks of my lifetime. How, how long? Because I, I, I logged on. I opened up the stream of the Cover 3 pod yesterday. I was like, I'm going to leave Chip Patterson a little gym here. But I had to go. How long after did you find, Did you realize it was me? Uh, well, I mean, I, a, a username involving Kyle Bailey and a question about Virginia Tech. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just willing to to make those jumps okay. uh, along the way. Okay. So I, I knew we'd be talking today. So I appreciate. I really do. Seriously, it brings a smile to my face whenever anybody, you know, I, anybody that I know from other parts of my life, jump in and come join our world and cover the Cover Three podcast. It's uh, it's always fun to see. So I appreciate it. No, I, look, I don't know Tom very well, but I know Bud. Obviously, I know Danny really well and, and you, and I, I think you guys do a great job. So it was cool to see it. Now, speaking of college football, um, let, let's start with a couple of things that, you know, one's ACC related. Bill O'Brien is going to be the next head coach of the Boston College Eagles. And, you know, I, I don't know if in a couple of years the ACC will even exist, but if it does, I feel like uh, they might be a problem. I, I think this is a solid hire for BC. What do you think? 100% solid hire. There's something about um, the – the unique challenges of Boston College, and here's what I mean by unique challenges, is that you are in a conference with Florida State, Clemson, Miami, and others where the game that you are playing and the way that you are approaching uh, your football program is nowhere close to Florida State, Clemson, Miami, and others. And so that is a unique challenge to be able to find success. You know, you point to Boston College's peak right when it joins the ACC, you know, playing for ACC championships almost year in, year out for about a three, four-year period. Well, that also happens to coincide right with Florida State being a mess. Clemson into the Tommy Bowden era. Miami, Randy Shannon's the head coach. So, you know, when the best programs are running close to their peak in the ACC, Boston College finds itself at a deficit. So here's why I like the Bill O'Brien hire. He knows very much about the gap between where Boston College is and the very top of college football. He's been the head coach at Penn State. He's been an offensive coordinator at Alabama. Um, he was, for a cup of coffee, the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. You know, He is not going to show up at Boston College and be surprised at the challenge. So the fact that he, you know, long coaching track record, uh, you know, Boston area native with a lot of experience there, 
the fact that he wants to take this on, if I'm a Boston College fan, and, I am, and if I want Boston College to be good at football, I'm encouraged that he wanted to take this on because the job's going to be more difficult than it would have been being a joystick controller at Ohio State as the offensive coordinator. So I'm, I'm encouraged that there's somebody who really cares about trying to keep Boston College you know, competing at the highest level for Boston College. And to me, that's showing up in the, in the postseason in a bowl game almost every single year. And a couple years, every now and then, you pop. Not to maybe even like go 11-1, 12-0, but at least to be able to put a scare in those best teams in the conference. All right. Uh, I mean, real quick, Chip Kelly leaving UCLA, the head coaching job, to become the OC at Ohio State. It, it's not that this is out of nowhere. It, it's not that. It's just still kind of jarring. Uh, this is a long way from home, right? It's not really Charlotte news, but it's, it's pretty massive college football news. What do we make of this? 100%. I mean, this is um, a couple things are all going on at the same time. And uh, I think I can run through them real quick without being too long-winded. Number one, Chip Kelly was going to start the 2024 season as the the headline name, as the splash image picture for every single hot seat article that was going to be written talking about college football in 2024. Uh, there were some around Los Angeles, Bill Plasky, the Los Angeles Times among them, who were calling for him to be fired at the end of last season or before the end of last season. Um, then we find out some information about his buyout. You know, you kind of have this waffling moment. But you go into 2024, Chip Kelly at UCLA, you've lost your best quarterback recruit, Dante Moore, to Oregon, and you've lost your rising star defensive coordinator, DeAnton Lynn, to rival USC. So there just wasn't a lot on paper to suggest that Chip Kelly was going to have a good 2024. Him moving is restarting the clock. And him moving to take a job at Ohio, as the Ohio State offensive coordinator is a job that pays pretty well. You're going to be having a talented group to work with. And here's the real, like, cherry on top for me. Um, if Chip Kelly wants to get back to the NFL, which is clearly something he was interested in as he was a target for the Seahawks offensive coordinator, uh, the commanders, maybe even the Raiders as well, he has an easier path to the NFL as the Ohio State offensive coordinator for a national title contender than he does as UCLA's head coach. So just like Jeff Halfley leaving Boston College to go to Green Bay, I think Chip Kelly made a great career move for Chip Kelly. Now, here's the part. I'm glad you said jarring because UCLA is about to join the Big Ten. And there's an argument that UCLA, as it it gets out of the decaying Pac-12 and joins the Big Ten, is a really good job in college football. I mean, you're part of the Super 2. But a head coach at a Big Ten school leaving to be the coordinator at another Big Ten school you just lay it out like that, it blows your mind. And to me, the big takeaway, you know, set the restarting the clock aside if you can. It does show the distance between UCLA and the top of the league it's about to join. All right. Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Um, massive Saturday in the ACC tomorrow. We've got North Carolina at Miami. The, the Canes could obviously huge, use a massive win, uh, but Carolina's likely pissed off after losing to Clemson. Uh, we got Clemson-Syracuse, which obviously has big implications for the tournament. NC State, after a tough loss to Pitt, going to Wake Forest tomorrow. And uh, we've also got Virginia-Florida State down in Tallahassee. Gastonian native Leonard Hamilton's crew really turned things. It's two teams that have turned things around in Virginia and Florida State. Which of these games do you think has the most implications tomorrow? Okay, uh, number one, I'm not sure that I'm going to expect North Carolina to be pissed off. I think it's going to be an incredible test Ooh. because one thing that I have seen kind of you know, 
sneakily. It's just me with my eyes more than I don't have a stat off the top of my head. But I think North Carolina's defense, which was so good throughout that 10-11 game run, I think in the last couple of games it slipped just a little bit. And Miami will test that. And I think that that is a game that has potential track meet, you know, written on it with Miami doesn't play defense. North Carolina's defense may be taking a half step back. So be careful if you're the Tar Heels. Real big test, in my opinion. I'm worried about NC State. You know, depending on how things go in Winston-Salem, you, you might be looking at a group that is starting to see their hopes fade away right before your eyes and against a team that is, has such a good ceiling like Wake Forest does that could get a little bit ugly. And then finally, Florida State and Gastonia native Leonard Hamilton, as you pointed out, have the chance to do the funniest thing imaginable because Virginia is as like, like you can't call them red hot because they don't score a lot, but they're hot. <laughs> like, they, like Virginia is playing at such a high level on the defensive end that the people who, who love that team look at it and they recognize it. It doesn't have the high-end talent that the best Virginia teams have had, but they are doing the kind of the things in terms of imposing their will on the defensive end that the best uh, ACC teams, the best Virginia teams have done in ACC play. They love their momentum right now. So that's why I say that it would be the funniest thing ever. The old, wouldn't it be hilarious principle if this hot Virginia team goes down to Tallahassee and then all of a sudden runs into a, an L from Florida State. Well done as always, Chip Patterson. We'll talk to you next for Oh, who do you like in the Super Bowl before you go? I can't not ask you that. Oh, yeah, yeah, Chiefs. Um, Chiefs and Isaiah Pacheco rushing attempts over. Ooh, he got even, he got a little profit in there too. Chip Patterson, this, that's why you're the best. Thank you, brother. All right, sounds good. Y'all be well. All right, there you go. Chip Patterson, com. Catch him on TV, CBS Sports Network, and the Cover 3 podcast. Talking college football with Danny Cannell, Bud Elliott, and Tom Fernelli. They do a very good job. 704-570-9610. Panther Bosa's Chippy Chip is first ballot clubhouse, Mount Rushmore. Um, at least like in terms of longevity... He's been with me for about 15 years. Not, say, he's I, been with you since the Blacksburg days. Uh, I'm trying to do some math. About 13 years. Yeah, about 13 years. I've done radio with Chip Patterson. I love him. 704-570-9610. Hour number two is next. We are busy. Speaking of college hoops, we go deeper with Paul B. and Cardi coming up in 23 minutes. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.